Hey, I, I want to talk to you the, today for a while about a, a series that we want to begin th- this morning. I want to give you a general overview today, and then in the next few weeks, we're going to start fleshing this out. And, and we're going to stay in, in Isaiah 55, so if you want to use that as a daily devotional, as a reading throughout the next uh, two weeks or three weeks or four weeks, uh, feel free to do that. But I, I want to talk to you about come up higher. Come up higher. Now, as a, as a child, I was a climber. I don't know, any of you ever were climbers? Uh, you know, I, I kept my mother in daily prayer. Uh, you know, because, you know, you always, uh, you know, you just like to climb. I like to climb everything. And if I lived in Florida with all of these trees, oh, and that, that part of that climber still in me. I walk down here to the church and I look at these giant oak trees and then there's a part of me that just wants to pretend like I'm 10 years old again and climb the trees. So if you do drive by <laughs> and I look forlorn, call 911 or at least go get me a ladder. Uh, but I, I, I really love climbing. My, my middle daughter, Lauren, she, uh, she sent me this picture this week. And she said, Dad, what do I do? And uh, so I remember immediately, I look at this picture, and she's, you know, he climbs on everything. And, and, and I remember when she was young, walking into the kitchen, and she wasn't just on the countertop, she was on top of the refrigerator. So I sent a picture back to her and said, I don't know, go ask his mom. <laughs> Climbing. You know, when, when you're little kids, you know, when you're little kids, you like to get a better view of things. So if you're, if you're watching a parade or if you're at Disney or whatever and the little kids, you see the parents uh, put the kids on their shoulders so they can see what's going on. They get a better perspective just by getting up to a higher elevation. That's why it's what it's about. It's just about being able to look over the top of things and see what's going on. I know when, I, when I'm in a plane, when I'm flying in a plane, every once in a while, it's kind of neat to kind of look out at the window, and especially here in America. It looks like a giant uh, patchwork quilt with all the different uh, farmlands and everything. It's incredible to see. You know, and you, when you're down here, you get a certain perspective, but when you're in an, in an airplane, the perspective is completely different. Your view and your understanding is completely different. We use uh, terms about climbing and coming higher, even in our culture. We talk about climbing the ladder or climbing to success. It's never about going down to success. It's never about descending the ladder to success. It's always about rising up because there's something about rising up where you're not superior, but you have a superior perspective. The whole idea in in Scripture, Scripture always speaks about, when it talks about Jerusalem, about always ascending to Jerusalem. Even though Jerusalem is on a hill, it doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter uh, if you're at a higher elevation. When you go to Jerusalem, it's about ascension. Many of the Psalms are Psalms or songs of, of ascension that they would that they would sing corporately as they were ascending the hill to the temple. It's about rising to Jerusalem. It's not about necessarily 
its level above everything else. But the high idea beyond uh, just its, its uh, footage or, or, its, or its plane in, in this life is about the perspective of God. Getting a different perspective of life by ascending the Holy Mount. By forgetting what you think life is about and getting into the presence of God. Getting into the temple of the holiest of holies and being able to see life from his perspective. John, in, in, in Revelation chapter 4, the, the angel told him this. He said, after this I looked. And there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I had first heard speaking to me was like a trumpet. And it said, come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. I love that. See, John was on the Isle of Patmos, but even in his vision, the angel said, come up higher. I need to give you a different perspective of the things that are going to happen. See, John couldn't see what God was doing from his perspective. There are times in our lives that we don't understand or comprehend what God is doing. And we will never understand what God is doing as long as we stay with our thinking and our understanding. But when we take the time to ascend to the holy mountain of God, where we get into his presence and we begin to see things not from our perspective, but from the perspective of God. Things change. Things turn around. We are able to look at things differently. As the writer of the psalm said, he said, my foot had almost slipped when I considered the prosperity of the wicked. When I saw how blessed they were and and, and it seemed like nothing I did was, was making any sense. He said, but when I made my way to the house of God, I understood their end. What was he saying? I got a different perspective. I saw life from a different view. What I want to speak to you on over the next few weeks is grasping what God is doing. To come up higher. We need to, to look at life not from our perspective, but from his perspective. If you want to see growth in your life, you need to see what God is doing. If you want your church to grow, you need to see what God is doing. It's not about what we think is happening. It's not even about our own viewpoint. It's about what God is doing and grabbing on to what God is doing and seeing it from his eyes and feeling it from his heart and feeling the compassion and understanding that he has and, and laying hold of a vision that God has and running with it. I, I want to talk to you in Isaiah 55, which is an amazing passage of Scripture. The, the prophet Isaiah is speaking, and this is over 700 years before Christ. And he's talking to Israel, but he's talking to Israel about the common salvation that is about to occur. And, and, I, and I look at it, and he says, Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. He's making this universal call. See, the universal call was not just to the Jews, but to the Gentiles. 
It wasn't just to, to Israel, but it was to the nations surrounding Israel. Israel had a difficult time dealing with this concept because Israel, in their own thinking, looked at themselves and identified themselves through their religion and through their nationality. They were the chosen. They were the children of God. They were the descendants of Abraham. And they looked at themselves as the descendants of Abraham. But God, through the prophet Isaiah, was challenging them to look at themselves far beyond just the, the descendants of Abraham, but look at the promise that God gave Abraham that through him and through his seed, all the earth was to be blessed. But their, their focus was limited and they struggled with this. And then 750 plus years later, when Christ came on the scene, they still wrestled with it. And they crucified our Lord. Why? Because they failed to rise to see from God's perspective. Their, their perspective was limited to what they thought. They had a difficult time dealing with the concepts and, and Israel just struggled. The same could be said about the church today or the church through history. The church, when it has struggled to, to meet the, the needs that, of, of people around them, when the church has struggled to, to grasp and, and have revival and to bring the lost to Christ, when the church has struggled throughout centuries, it's not because God was unwilling or unable. It was when God's people forgot to rise to see as he sees and was focused on their own mentality on their own perspective. This is a free gift. This is a universal call. This salvation that you and I have, it's for everyone. It's, from, it's for those that are in Orlando. It's for those that are in Florida. It's the, for those that are in the United States. It's for those that are outside of the United States. It's for whomsoever will. That's why we send people to Kenya. That's why we send people to France. That's why we send people around the world because the call of the church, the spirit and the bride say, come, whosoever will come for this, this call, this universal call to salvation is for anybody that will receive it. It's up to us, God's people, to see it as, he, as God sees it, to let our hearts beat in rhythm with his and to have our thoughts, his thoughts, to have the mind of Christ, to, to look beyond our, our problems and our circumstances and realize that, that there is a world of people that need Jesus Christ and that he has invited you and I into this great relationship with him, that he does all the work and the only thing we have to do is be obedient and watch the Lord do amazing things. He's inviting us to see as he sees, to rise above where we are in our own life. And you say, Pastor, that's easier said than done, and I'm going to agree with you. Yes, amen. I struggle with it all the time, just as you do. For the, the cares of life just consume us. 
And I'm not saying life is bad. Life is great. It definitely beats the alternative. But the reality is, this life is temporary. No matter how good it is, it's temporary. And our, our goal should be to have our eyes fixed on the author and, and finisher of our faith. To have the eternal perspective and not the temporal one. The temporal will happen, and the temporal is going to be good. And you're going to love this life, and God created this life for it to be good, even though that there is evil in this world. It's not all evil, and there are great things that, that the Lord wants us to have. But our goal is not just to be satisfied here, but it's to have that vision of, that God wants to give us the, of eternity, that eternity is awaiting, that eternity it, it has actually started from the time you received Christ, and it's going to continue forever. And it's the things that we get to do here that, for Him that really matter. I like to go see movies. I like to, actually, I like to, I like to watch movies at home because that way I can pause them and get something to eat. And I don't pay $8 for popcorn. Uh, but I, li I like entertainment and I, I like a lot of different things. And, and, and I know that you do as well. Uh, but that's not real life. I, 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 like, I like having stuff and I'm sure you do too. And I've said this before, of all the people that I've watched transcend from this life to the next one, those that have died and gone on to be with the Lord, not one of them, not one of them has ever talked to me before they died and said, Pastor, would you bring me my diplomas from Stanford or Yale or Harvard? Or would you bring me that car that I treasure out in the garage? Or, or would you bring me all my stocks and bonds? No one ever says that. The people they want around them are the people that, it, that love them, him or her and that they love. And when they call me, when I'm talking to them, they just want to know one thing. Am I okay with God? That's it. That's it. It's not about this life. See, at that moment, at that, at, that, at that focus in our life, when we're standing there, and the beautiful thing is all of us are going to stand there, and at that moment in time, none of this other stuff is really going to matter at all. In fact, the only regrets anybody's ever told me was, Pastor, I can't believe that I've either squandered time or it's the things they didn't do that really bother them. And when you get to that point in your life, man, we'll look back and we'll say, thank God for the things we did for him, for him, giving a cup of cold water in his name, visiting the, the, those that were sick or those that are in prison, feeding those that, that are hungry, clothing those that are naked. It's the things that we can do that, that build up humanity mean everything. And it's not just the physical things we can do, but it's introducing them to Jesus. So 
in Isaiah. Here, here's Isaiah, and he said, I want you to understand that this is a universal call. He, and he also said, he said, why spend money on what's not bread or, or your labor on what doesn't satisfy? He's saying it's not just a universal call, but it's a free gift. It's a free gift. You can't earn it. You can't, you can't buy it. You can't purchase it. You can't build it. You can't develop it. It's a free gift. And it's a satisfying life. God, God has given us so much that, that this life that, that we live as Christians, that, that we need to understand that it is a free gift that we couldn't earn on our own. But we have entered into this relationship with the creator of the heavens and the earth. And that just boggles my mind that, that the creator of all things wants to come and, and, and meet with me. Think about that. The Creator is meeting with us on a daily basis. And when every time we feel His presence, every time we feel the Holy Spirit, that's God just inviting us to say, come up higher, come up higher with me so that you can understand more about me, that you can see what my heart is really about. This thing is, is a universal call. It's a free gift. It's a satisfying life. I, I can't imagine, I cannot believe that it took me so long to actually surrender my life to the Lord. Because once I did, I realized that the things I, were try, I was trying to hang on to were so trivial and meaningless. I may have been the only one, but was, is there anybody else here that had a struggle with serving the Lord because they didn't want to lose themselves? Oh, I, this is who I am, and I don't want to lose my identity. How stupid is that? Pretty stupid, and I'm, I'm talking from, a, from knowledge. I was really ignorant. And you say, well, why, why is that stupid? Because from my perspective at that time, who I thought I was is not really who I am. And the things that I were, was trying to hang on to are all smoke and mirrors they they weren't really me they weren't my identity they weren't who I am when we talk about who we are in Christ what we're really saying is Christ is revealing to us who he really made us to be and it's not the image I used to have when my focus was here and my perspective was there but when my perspective went up higher and I met Christ, he began to show me, this is not who you are. This is not who I created you to be. This is who you really are. And man, when you come in contact with who you really are in him, it's amazing. You know what the beautiful thing is about that? It just doesn't stop. He keeps revealing to us all the time more and more and more about who he has really created us to be. I, I grew up without a dad. My dad passed away when I was nine. So I had to learn what it was like to have a father, a heavenly father, a father that, that, that you could go to, that you could depend on, that was there for you. And, and it's just in an incredible journey and experience. There was, and I don't even know why I'm on this, but I'm I'm on it anyway. So here I go. If I saw the limb off and I fall down, sometimes 
we try to hang on to things and, and, and we shouldn't. And the only reason we do is because our perspective is wrong. It's skewed. That we're living life through, through a filter. Through a filter of hurt, a filter of pain, a filter of, of insufficiency, a filter of, uh, of what we've done in the past and that we can't, we can't ascend to God because of all the things that we've done that's holding us down. But I want to promise you that there is nothing that you've said or done or have been or, or, or th- anything that you have committed or any thought that you've even had that, that could ever stop you, that could hinder you from rising when the Lord says, come up higher. He is giving you an invitation which lets you know that there's nothing in this world that can keep you in the perspective that you have today. You can make that decision to rise to be with Christ. It's a free gift. It's a satisfying life. I, I love what he, when he goes on to say, he says, give ear and come to me. I love that. Give ear and come to me. I often think of Starry, starry night. I'm, I'm an artist with one ear. Uh, I know I shouldn't have said that. Uh, he said, listen and you may live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David. What, what is God saying? He's saying you can count on me. You can trust me. Come up higher. You can trust me. You can, you can trust me because... Because it's not only a satisfying life, it is a blessed life. It is a life worth living. I will give you a royal covenant. I will give you my word that if you come to me, anybody that comes to me will not be dismayed. That you will not be disappointed. He goes on to say, of all these good things, he says, see, I have made him a a witness to the people. Then he goes on to say, seek the Lord while he may be found. He gives him a, a call to repentance. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. I, I have found in my life that, that not, not just with salvation, but there were points in my life where the Lord was calling. There's points in our lives where the Lord puts us in a, in a position where he's saying, come up higher, come up higher. And it's important that we heed the call when he's calling. When the Lord is speaking to us. Scripture says today is the day of salvation, and I'm not just speaking on salvation, but there, are, there were points in my life, and I'm sure that you can look back in your life, and there were definite points in your life where you knew that God was with you, that God was calling you. And if you were dumb like I was, there, you can look back and say there were points in your life that you said no. But praise God for the time you said yes. It's important to realize that, that we need to seek the Lord while he may be found, while, while the, while the t- opportunity is there, where, while the Lord is moving on, on you, or while the Lord is moving in your life. I really believe that in the life of this church in particular, that the Lord is speaking to many of us to say, come up higher 
And if you really want to see, and I know we all of us want to see God do amazing things, but I will promise you this, that what God is doing in this church and what God is going to do in this church is not going to be based upon having a, a cooler, niftier worship band because we already have the coolest, niftiest worship band. And it's not going to be more cutting-edge songs. And it's, and it's not going to be a, you know, well, I'll just tell you, I have nothing against tattoos, but I'm not going to get one. So if you're looking for your pastor to come up here with a tattoo, no, it's not going to happen. Because those things, no matter what we look like, and, and, and I love our coffee shop, but our coffee shop's not going to get it done. And, and, and I like the, the, all the changes we're making in the entranceway. We like, want to do some improvements. But none of that is going to really make the difference of what we're looking for. The only thing that's going to, to really bring about what we desire and what we want God to do, which is to bring those that are lost to Him, to see salvation come to those that are around us, to see lives transformed, to see drug addicts give their life to Christ and rise and be free from that addiction, to see those that are alcoholics walk away and never touch another drop, to see those that have habits and sins in their life that are able to walk away from them. If we really want to see them, it's not going to come through the music and it's not going to come through even the preaching. It's not going to come through anything else but God's people saying, I want to rise higher and I want to see what God is doing. Amen. It's going to come through you and I. And that, and that, I love that word seek. It's active. It's not passive. It, it's searching. Man, there has to be a searching that takes place in our soul, in, our, in the very fiber of our being, that, that we're, we're content with what God is doing, but we're not satisfied. We're thankful for what God has done, but we want more. Man, there has to be a drive in us. And, and you say, well, Pastor, is that just something you're feeling? Well, I am feeling it. But I have talked to many people, and, and many people, not just in our church, but nationwide and throughout the world. There is a desire. There is, there is a move of the presence of God that is getting into the hearts and the souls of God's people saying, come up higher. For it's not about the agenda, and it's not about the programs, and it's not about being cool or, or neat or nifty. What it really is, it's about God's people understanding who they really are in Him, rising to see what God is doing, having the mind of Christ, having the heart and the compassion of Christ, and being able to step out in faith and do what God has asked them to do and watch the presence of God turn this world right side up. But it will cost us. You said, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. There's always a cost. There is. Salvation is free. Being a disciple costs you everything. That's why when Thomas stood before the Lord, he said, my Lord and my God. See, there's a difference in just having Jesus as your Savior and Jesus as your Lord. What we're talking about is not just having Jesus as our Savior, but being Lord and allowing His ways and His will and His, and His thoughts and, and His desires to be lived out through us. I love what he said, Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call on Him while He is near. 
God places a, a dissatisfaction from time to time in, our, in, in, in his children's lives to, to help them to rise to a different perspective where you, just, where you feel like you're just, oh, you want something new, you want something bigger. And it's not, it's not going to be found next door or across the street or across the city. It's going to be found when we rise higher with him. See, to see more of God, we must climb. Zacchaeus wanted to see more of the Lord, and he had to climb that sycamore tree. And when he climbed, a full-grown man climbing a tree just to see Jesus. And Jesus stopped and said, get down from there. I got to go to your house. I'm hungry. His climbing to see Jesus transformed his life. I wonder sometimes in, in Zacchaeus' life, so we don't hear much more about him after that. I wonder if there were times in his life where, where he felt like he wanted to see Jesus more in his life. I wonder if he went back to that old sycamore tree. Maybe in the middle of the night so nobody would see him. They climb it again just to get a better perspective. So is God calling you to come higher with him? Is God challenging your spirit to say, come up higher? I have something greater. I have something that's more satisfying. I have something than anything that you could plan for yourself. I have a plan for you. I have a a. a, a life for you that is so satisfying, so enriching, and so rewarding, just come up higher. He goes on to say, not just seek me, but let the wicked forsake their ways and let the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to God. There is a, there is a forsaking of our own ways. There is a, a forsaking of our own thought process this is, uh, he said, God says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts and not my ways are not your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So if we really want to change, there's a couple of areas and, and we're going to deal with those in the next few weeks. Number one is changing our thoughts. If you want to come up higher with the Lord, you have to change the way you think. Einstein said we cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we used when we created them. I want you to think about that for a moment. Some, a, a change of thought has to occur. A change of, of thinking, a, thing, a change of reasoning, a change of understanding has to happen. There has to be a desire to seek a new way. There has to be a desire to, to see it from a different viewpoint, a different vantage point, a higher perspective, to rise higher. Our thinking has to change. If we really want to make a life that is, that is worth living, if we really want to see all that God has for us, we can't think the way we think. We have to think the way God thinks. Our, our thought process has to change. 
Create in us a right heart and renew a right spirit within us. Re regenerate our minds by the washing and the regeneration of your word. Let my mind be stayed upon you, Lord. Let that which is good and pure and holy think on those things. It's, it's our thoughts that get us into trouble. The greatest battlefield that, that you'll ever come across in life is not found in Europe, United States, or anywhere else in this world, the greatest battlefield you'll ever find is, is the one right between your two ears, right here. It's your thought process. As a man thinks, so is he. If you think you're not good enough, you're not. Well, pastor, you're not supposed to be saying that. That's not politically correct at all. I know it's not, but it's true. If you don't think you can achieve, you're not going to achieve because you won't even try. But if you believe what the Scripture says, that I can do all things through Christ, that I can endure all things through Christ, you can, you can go through all things in Christ. If you believe that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, then you will live like greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. It's a matter of perspective. It's a matter of thought. How we think has to change. And it has to, we have to develop the mind of Christ. And that's where I want to go in the next few weeks is, is how do we, how do we get the mind of Christ? How do we change our perspective? The other thing is, the other necessary change is changing our ways. Changing how we do things. Anybody a creature of habit? You know, I, I like change, but I have a routine on Sunday morning. And when my routine gets messed up, I can't even preach. It's like... You know, it's like, oh, you know, I, I have to do certain things, but if, if I'm called to do something else, I mean, I really have to gather myself because I've got this routine down. Anybody like that? We get set in our ways. And it's really, it's really a necessity if we want to come up higher with the Lord. Not only do we have to change the way we think about God, about ourselves, about the world, about our situation, about our circumstance, about our perspective. Does God love us? Does God care for us? Does he have a plan for us? Oh, what's my future like? Where am I going to be? What am I going to do? Am I going to be, uh, have enough when I retire? All of these things, we have to change our perspective in our mind, in our thinking. We have to trust in the Lord and learn to understand what he's doing in our lives and catch that wave and ride that wave but also we have to change our ways if we keep doing the same thing over and over again expecting different results we're never going to receive them but I do know this as our praise team comes I do know this any time in scripture or throughout history where God's people changed their thoughts, changed their ways, and sought His will and His way, amazing things happened. Look at all of the victories that the children of Israel had 
the walls of Jericho. God's ways were just simply to walk around them. Yet if you would have asked me if I would have been there, I would have thought, well, that was a stupid thought. Because no wall has ever fallen down just by walking around it. But it did. Rahab changed her ways, changed her thoughts, and it brought salvation to her house. Think about the times in Scripture where men and women dared to step out and trust God. And they rose above their own thinking. They rose above their own circumstances. And they stepped out and changed their ways and made a move toward God. And God provided. God met. God intervened. God delivered. God set free. God produced. God gave. God was all sufficient. God always comes through when God's people seek him change their ways and change their thoughts. And I'm, I'm challenging you today. I'm challenging myself today to go on a journey over the next few weeks. Let's change our ways. Let's change our thoughts. You say, Pastor, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm not talking about doing anything wrong. I'm talking about doing what God wants us to do. I want to see God do amazing things. I don't know. I love hearing stories about, you know, people, missionaries doing great things and all this. And, and you hear these stories, and I love hearing them, but I want to live them. I want to see God do amazing things right here. Don't you? It starts with thinking. Does God love anybody else any more than you? I've told you my, my life's motto is God loves us all, but I'm his favorite. I say that in jest, but the reality is God is inviting us today into this amazing partnership with him. He does the thinking and he invites us to understand what he's thinking. He does the planning and all we have to do is just walk toward him. We're about to partake in communion. Scripture commands us, as often as we do this, remember him, remember Christ, what Christ did for us. I dare say 2,000 years ago when Christ went through that mock trial and he was beaten and scourged and, and hung on a cross. Even though the scripture predicted it was going to happen numerous times over the 2,000 years prior. I doubt there was a person there that saw Jesus on the cross and said that's God's will 
That's what he's doing. See, God's ways are different than our ways, and God's thoughts are different than our thoughts. They're higher than ours. They're greater than ours. And if we want to know what he's doing, we have to come up higher. Even as, as Christ died for our sins and, and we didn't understand it, and today we can look at it, we can talk about it, we can debate about it, but the reality is how does the blood of Christ actually wash away or remit our sins? We just don't know. But we know it does. In God's wisdom, in God's economy, in God's understanding, that's what was required, and that's what happened. And it's when we come into his presence, that's when we understand, Lord, I don't understand everything about you dying on the cross, but I do know this, that it's my salvation. And I'm thankful. And I'm ready yet again to ascend that holy mountain to meet you to come before the throne of grace worship at your feet thank you for what you've done and recommit my life again I wonder today if as we partake in communion if we could ask ourselves Lord is there an area in my life that you're calling me higher? Are you challenging my thoughts to come up higher? If there is, as we partake in communion, would you just ask the Lord, Lord, here I am. Here I am. I'm seeking you. And allow the Lord to do an amazing work in us. Can we do that?